Virginia has had a lot of growth as far as data centers. So that's why you're seeing actually a lot of the utility scale projects happening in Virginia. Hello and welcome to the Solar Maverick Podcast, where solar meets entrepreneurship and experience. I'm your host, Benoit Thanjan. And I'm your co-host, Lee Wang. Let's get into it. Hi, this is Benoit, your host of the Solar Maverick Podcast. I wanted to personally invite our listeners to our summer solstice party, which is on Thursday, June 20th from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. at Hudson Hall in Jersey City, New Jersey. We'll be celebrating the summer solstice, which is the longest period of daylight, and our Solar Maverick podcast, which is one of the most popular podcasts for solar energy. I'm also one of the co-owners of the event venue, which is Hudson Hall, which is a Czech beer garden smokehouse. The cost to attend the event is $10 and light food will be served. You could learn more information about the summer solstice party on the Renew Energy website, which is R-E-N-E-U energy.com. Again, it's Renew Energy, R-E-N-E-U energy.com. We look forward to meeting our listeners and Lee Wang, who's one of the co-hosts of the podcast and some of our guests will be there. And we look forward to seeing you there. We really appreciate your support of the Solar Maverick podcast. Thank you. All right. Welcome, everyone. We're on episode 28. Wow. Solar Maverick episode 28. It's amazing. Benoit and I just had a great meeting with Ani Raman. For those of you who don't know Ani Raman, if you're in Jersey City, Maplewood, Summit, where else can you eat? Montclair. We have two locations in Jersey City on Newark Avenue and Harborside. The best ramen, best broth, best noodles, and <laughs> you know we're we're fired up and ready to go. We just had a great meeting with one of the owners, and it's something that we're both very high on this business, and uh, we both have some future interest in here. And Benoit was the one who brought me in, and you know I'm happy to announce it here on the on the solar wow. contest. What are you announcing? Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be joining the family in the Ani Ramen. And, yes. you know it's, it's one of these things that uh, we've been thinking a long time ago. So we're going to be investing in Ani Ramen. I think we mentioned it a little bit last episode about Benoit's partnership, but now Benoit's bringing me in, into his family and his circle. So Yeah, definitely. Welcome, Lee. You know, we talked about this the last episode about the importance of yeah. passive income. I, as you know, another friend of mine, Noah, as well, is involved in the investment with the American Dream opportunity with Ani Ramen. I'm all about diversification yep. and great sorts of investments. I know that was something that we talked about the last episode that's very important. You know, obviously, you know, my passion is renewable energy and yep. sustainability, but I also like to invest in good businesses as well and not yep. just the same in types of investments. And I also learn a lot and then I bring it to different investment opportunities. It's crazy actually that like each week I might get five to 10 different investment opportunities that I'm looking at and it runs like the whole gamut. I feel yeah. like the Shark Tank, it's one of my favorite yeah. shows that I watch all the time and a show called The Prophet, which is also on CNBC with Marcus Limonis. So it's interesting now in my own life, you know, I have different investments and I'm all about diversification, yeah. all about passive income where, you know, you don't have to be there yeah. and you know, you're basically receiving distribution checks. Obviously, you know, there are risks in any type of investment. You have to be comfortable with it. You know, yeah. it's all about the team of people, their vision. Uh, I'm all about honesty and transparency as well. 
some investments haven't been successful, but I've learned from those experiences. But overall, it's been a very positive experience. I'm you know, happy that you guys are excited and welcome Absolutely. to the Ani Raman family, Lee Wang. And more and more, I hate when people say, oh, he or she just got lucky because you create your own luck. And, and that's, that's life. And one thing I know about Benoit is he talks to everyone. I, I see I walk down the streets with Benoit here in Jersey City and like he says hello to a lot of people, I have to say. And, and uh, you know, it's interesting. The, the connection to Ani Raman actually came through Benoit's Muay Thai instructor. And it's just about being out there and, and listening and hear, knowing about other people. And you never know what one thing's going to lead to another. So I think that's very important. Yeah, it's pretty crazy because like I look at it and you when you're walking down the street, I come up with all these like money making opportunities. And there's so many people that are very creative and smart and they have their own expertise. And so there's a lot of opportunity out there, especially now. And it was interesting with my Muay Thai instructor. We went a little bit about this in another episode, but he was the one who made the introduction to Ani Raman because I was one of the owners of Hudson Hall and he needed help analyzing the opportunity. And once I was helping him analyze it, you know, I thought, hey, I'm definitely interested. And uh, here we are now. So it's, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's all about building your network and building strong, genuine, transparent relationships. And this is obviously like friends and family. It's not open to everyone. And these are like great opportunities out yeah. there. So take your opportunities when you can. Yeah, Speaking definitely. of, we got a lot of feedback from listeners last time a few weeks ago that they wanted to hear more about how Benoit, our host of the Solar Maverick, had met one of the most important people in history. So uh, Benoit, let's hear from you a little, expand a little bit about your meeting with former President Barack Obama. Sure. So that was really surreal. I can't believe it. It was June of last year, June of 2018 in Beverly Hills. And at that time, actually, he was basically living a private life and not out there in the public. And this was actually his first public, really, event. It was at a DNC event in Beverly Hills. How did you get invited to that? In first so place? I actually, before I started my company, or actually the first year, which is now going to be seven years, I was part of the Startup Leadership Program, which was basically, it's an accelerator that basically helps people start businesses. So they basically had, it's an application process, and then different entrepreneurs get accepted, and it's a course over a year's time. Anyway, one of the alumni recommended someone that I should meet with President Obama and potentially talk about solar energy. So this was first through like the startup leadership program. And I was anyway going to be in California for this intersolar conference we were actually exhibiting. And that's why I decided actually to go to that dinner where basically President Obama actually spoke at someone's mansion in Beverly Hills. And it was pretty crazy, actually, because I flew from New York and I was running late. Right. And there's only a certain period of time to actually meet with them. Luckily, I got there in time where I could meet with them. But the first part of it was like basically a dinner. And then he was getting interviewed by the DNC chairman. Yeah. But before that happened, actually, Christina Aguilera performed like a few songs. So it's funny. We talked about Mandy Moore the last episode. <laughs> now we're talking Chris. We're, we're, we're fo so it's pretty funny, the same sort of genre right. of music at that time. But it, actually what was really surreal was I had the front seat 
in this dinner. Right. So I'm like all. So wait, what did what did uh, Christina Aguilera perform? She actually didn't perform any of her songs. Like I was really looking forward to Genie in the Bottle and some of her first <laughs> the classics, hits, the huh? classics. But she was actually performing Aretha Franklin songs, and okay. I it was amazing. I mean, she's got an amazing voice, definitely. And I was like so excited because I was literally in the yeah. front row of this pretty big event. And what was surreal about that actually was once President Obama was getting interviewed or former President Obama was getting interviewed by the DNC chair, he was looking at me for affirmation. Oh yeah. So it was so weird because I'm like, just like literally right in front yeah. of his eye contact, yeah. he, there is a stage. Yeah. And then like one of the things that he was talking about was we actually need young democratic candidates now yep. for the election. And so he was asking anyone in the audience if they were interested, then he was saying to focus on not talk about President Trump, mm -hmm. but talk about the issues to improve our economy, to right. actually stop the Democratic Party to stop complaining mm -hmm. about the situation and focus on the real issues right. that will get Americans excited to basically, you know, vote for the candidates. Right. But one of the other craziest thing was I came late to this dinner, right? So this couple like basically is like getting me food because I'm hungry and I'm like, oh, who are you guys? They're like, oh, this is our mansion. And That's I'm like, funny. really? The <laughs> servants, the servants are. It's kind of crazy. Food. Like yeah. they were very like yeah. making sure that yeah. I had food. No yeah. one else really kind of yeah. cared. And then it was crazy because helicopters. Just to show you, you never know who you're talking you to. You never know who yeah. you're talking to. And yeah. I asked, oh, what do you do? He's like, I have 450 discount retail superstores yeah. across the country. And the crazy thing was there was helicopters like crazy flying uh -huh. over because this was kind of President Obama's first sort of public appearance yeah. and the paparazzi and all this stuff. But then what I found out two months later was that there was, I basically sat in this one seat, which was in the front, mm -hmm. but what ended up happening was Oprah Winfrey canceled. Oh. And then they thought I would actually oh. <laughs> be a good person to be in that spot. So it was like a really very sort of surreal sort of experience. So you came um, in and claimed Oprah's spot. <laughs> which is crazy. I didn't know that until like September. This event was in June. The wow. woman who was recommended me from the Startup Leadership yep. Program, she actually lives in San Francisco. And then we actually met and she told me. So like, how, of, because it was weird because yeah. like I'm seeing the governor of that time of California, Jerry Brown. Yeah. And he's sitting like five tables away. And I'm like, how am I here? Because it's a pretty big backyard. And I thought I would be like all of the way in right. the back. But here I have like the front and center. See what See, happens when you, you arrive late, you get the world treatment. <laughs> Seriously, it was the VIP. It was really very surreal. And then obviously, you know, I met with uh, President Obama and it was very surreal. Like there was basically a line of people. There was a curtain, mm -hmm. basically. I was with Secret Service and then we started having conversations. It was funny. I was first trying to give him his business card <laughs> and then we're joking around. And then he actually held up the line because we were having a great conversation. Yeah. So I would basically told him I'm in solar energy. You know, yeah. this is what I do. And he's like, you know, we need more Americans yeah. like you who are passionate about renewable energy and sustainability, both doing great for our country in the U.S., mm -hmm. but internationally. And then I mentioned to him as a minority, you're a role model, like you're giving minorities and women to feel like there was an opportunity that they could become president of the United States, which I never thought would happen in my lifetime. Right. And then he said, well, you present yourself well. Why don't you <laughs> run for president in 2020? 
And so I have a special. Well, wait, how's your background check? <laughs> <laughs> well, I figured if President Trump could get through it, I mean, hopefully maybe I could yeah. do it. So I have a special announcement to make here on the podcast. Oh, wow. That I will not be running for the 2020 presidential election. So Mayor, Mayor of Jersey City? Uh, the mayor of Jersey City is not running, okay. but there's a lot of different candidates. And, you know, I really told him at the end of the day, like, I'm not a politician. Yeah. I'm passionate about renewable energy and sustainability. And so he said, oh, yeah, that's fine. But it was interesting. It kind <laughs> of like I was surprised, like a former president yeah. of the United States asking me. So how was, how were you? How was your uh, internal temperature while you were in conversation with uh, Obama? I mean, is, were you nervous or what, what did he take over? Did he make you feel at ease? And people want to know, like, how is he in real world? Yeah, definitely. So like I was definitely nervous. Like you could see actually pictures of me in this meeting when you go onto the Renew Energy website. But he immediately actually made me feel comfortable. Like he had right. a big smile. He came, shook our hand. And then we both were joking around a little bit before we actually started talking. So it was like a pretty surreal sort of experience. Yeah. And uh, he's listening to me talking about solar energy. And he seemed really interested about it. And then obviously, you know, I told you kind of, it was only for a few minutes, but it was a very surreal sort of conversation. Well. I can't top this story. I did meet Hillary Clinton when I was a kid at a Phillies game, but I mean, she was in the box with then Mayor Rendell, but you know, it wasn't, I was a kid, but so I can't, I can't top your story. Yeah, so. definitely. It's, it's a, it's a <laughs> once in a lifetime experience yeah. and I'm very grateful and fortunate to have that. And yeah, that's all I really have to say about yeah. that. I know people have asked about more detail. We did talk about it briefly in a previous episode. But we received a lot of feedback of people wanting to know more about that meeting. All right. So let's launch right in what's on tap for this episode. Sure. We're going to loosely call this one the um, Virginia episode. Last episode, we talked a lot about California. And I actually don't know that much about Virginia growing up. Sure. Uh, why don't you tell us about a little bit about what's going on there for you in, in the solar energy scene? Yeah, definitely. So I actually spoke at a conference there, actually. So I have just got back from... Virginia. I also was actually in Maryland and DC as well in meetings just like on the way there. And basically a company called Brownfield Listings asked me actually to speak at a conference that they had in Richmond, Virginia. And it's about developing solar on brownfields and landfills. And those are ideal places to basically develop solar energy projects. And basically what Brownfield Listings does is they help with finding the next redevelopment opportunity with brownfield properties, redevelopment projects. They also put RFPs on the nation's largest dedicated, they basically have created the nation's largest dedicated redevelopment marketplace. You know, they see that a lot of people actually want to go solar when it comes to landfills and brownfields. And the exciting thing is like Dan French, who's the CEO and founder of Brownfield Listings, will actually have him interviewed on the <coughs> podcast really soon. This event was in Richmond, Virginia. I actually, it was called Brightfields right. 2019. I spoke actually at two sessions called Deal Making 101, Financing in Brief, mm -hmm. PPA, RFPs, etc. And then Deal Making 2000, I spoke, which was Due Diligence, PPA 2, Pitfalls and Best Practices with four different panelists, Jim Thornhill from McGuire Woods, which is a law firm. Actually, they're all law firms. I was the only person from a non-law firm. Charles Halden from Curtis, Mallet Provost, Colt and Mosley. Sorry, I apologize. I'm probably butchering some of these. And Michael Obedier from Holland Knight. So it was a great conference because it was actually, they had a lot of landowners 
in Virginia and they had like almost like a speed dating where basically we developed projects. So we would, were meeting with these landowners and trying to understand their projects. So it was a pretty unique opportunity. And then also we'll have the PowerPoint from those two presentations on the website. And then they also had the Virginia Department of Environmental Quality and Brownfield listings. They had a webinar about the Virginia solar market. And we actually uh, are going to also post that on the website, basically, the audio and video of that. And I basically talked about solar energy, the different incentives, specifically about the Virginia solar market. Yeah. So for all those listening out there, we're going to have this. And actually, I haven't done it yet, so I'm going to hold myself to it. (laughs) We're going to have a accountability partner. Accountability. Right. So we're going to have a page on Renew Energy's website, which is R-E-N-E-U energy.com. And we're going to do backslash resources. Resources, So I'm going to make that page for all the resources. You can go there, learn about some of these things, topics that Benoit is talking about. And Benoit, I wanted to ask you, what made you qualify to speak to these topics as a non-attorney? Like, why did they want you specifically on these two types of panels? Really because I have an expertise on financing of solar projects and the development of solar projects from a business perspective. That's a different perspective than obviously attorneys could bring to the situation. So that's why they wanted me to be in the deal-making 101, deal-making 200. What were some of the uh, quick takeaways you you can share with people before they dive in deeper into the topic. Definitely. So just high level, like I yeah. think I'm just really going to high level talk about the Virginia solar market right. for people here on the podcast. Like we won't go into the complex sort of financing, yeah. you know, happy to have these conversations online, but there's a company called SIA, which we're a member of, which is the biggest solar lobbying group. And basically they have statistics about Virginia. So Virginia basically has about 730.2 megawatts installed. Basically, on the ranking of the 50 states, it's about 17 of the 50 states as far as solar energy. The percentage of actual electricity that's solar, it's now 1.03%. But the key thing about Virginia is the growth projections are going to be huge over the next five years. So basically, SIA is saying that it's going to be 2,666 megawatts over the next five years which is we currently have 730. So you're basically in Virginia. So you're basically talking about four times more, which would then increase Virginia's rankings to be the eighth state in solar and not the 17th state. Virginia in 2017 had a record amount of development. There basically was 375 megawatts that was developed. Most of the projects were utility scale projects, and there was practically no solar installed in 2012. And then 2018, this past year, it was 125 megawatts. So it dropped precipitously. And the reason for the drop was because President Trump put tariffs on solar panels, on inverters, and steel. So on these utility-scale projects, the margins are extremely tight. Yes, you do have federal incentives, which is the investment tax credit, which is 30%, the five-year accelerated depreciation which accounts for 50% of the value of the project. But then Virginia actually doesn't have a state-level incentive. And these utility projects, the margins are pretty tight. What we're seeing now is that the pricing of panels have become what it was before the tariff. We're seeing substantial increases in the efficiencies of these panels, allowing more production of solar in the same surface area. But really what's actually really pushed 
the development of solar in Virginia is actually a concept that we've talked about, corporate PPAs right. and companies actually having 100% renewable energy You've goals. You've written about this topic. I've written about yeah. this topic. You could look, we'll have this in the future, renew energy slash resources. There's an article that I wrote in both Renewable Energy World and PV Magazine that talks about it. But what's been really key is like companies like- Benoit, I got to teach you how to say that. It's renewenergy.com. Backslash. Oh, backslash. Versus, Sorry. You know, get, get with it. It's a digital issue. <laughs> Renew Energy. That's why I have Lee. Yeah. Renew Energy. We'll have links to us. Uh, yeah, the they'll be lit yeah. in the notes. And so basically, like Amazon, right. Microsoft, Facebook, they all have 100% renewable energy goals. But they also own data centers and they want to get power from an off-site solar project. And Virginia has had a lot of growth as far as data centers. So that's why you're seeing actually a lot of the utility scale projects happening in Virginia. Mm -hmm. The big developer of Virginia is Dominion Energy, which is the big utility. And that's the primary reason why you've seen a lot of development. Like basically, Dominion has developed 656 megawatts worth of projects, which is the majority of projects that have been developed to date. They have something with Amazon where there's going to be about 250 megawatts, some of that already in service, that they're going to be building in the future that basically supplies both current and future Amazon data centers in Ohio and Northern Virginia. Also, the new energy master plan actually for Virginia calls for three gigawatts of solar. The 2018 Virginia energy plan calls for three gigawatts of solar and wind installations by 2022. Another big thing that happened was there's an electric cooperative called Northern Virginia Electric Cooperative, and they agreed to sell their power through a long-term power purchase agreement, which equates to 300 megawatts to a company okay. called D. Shaw Renewable Energy Investments. I actually used to work at the company a very long time ago, and the projects are expected to go online on 2023. So really, it's been the proliferation of data centers in Virginia companies requiring 100% renewable energy as their goals and then not buying RECs, meaning renewable energy credits, but they want to directly have basically a long-term power purchase agreement with an off-site corporate PPA, which that's those long-term contracts are allowing projects to be built in Virginia. And that's basically the summary of the Virginia market. Oh, wow, that's a lot. So there's a lot going on in that state. There's a lot going on in that state, and there's a lot going to be happening in the future. Amazon's second headquarters now, as well as going to be obviously in Seattle, but then also in Northern Virginia as well. So Virginia seems to be, and, and Dominion has been responding to its big commercial industrial customers, making sure they're happy by having you know long-term PPAs for renewable energy. Wow, that's amazing. So- Benoit, tell us a little bit more about any other upcoming events that maybe people can meet with you or connect with you or, or find you. I'm actually speaking uh, in two weeks in at the New York 2019 Solar Summit in Albany that NICEA, which is a lobbying group in New York for solar, is having an event. We're the member, and I'm actually moderating the panel. It's about community solar, translating pipelines into deployments. You know, we're actually developing a community solar project in New York City. The other um, panelists are great. We have Tom Gusick, who's the managing general partner of Solar Park Energy, Michael Mullen, 
uh, and they're a developer of, of community solar projects in northern New York. Michael Mullen, Managing Director of Community Power Partners, which is a customer acquisition management company okay. for community solar. And Hannah Mueller, who's the Director of Public Policy for Clearway Energy Group. That was the old NRG, which then was sold uh, to a Japanese, I think, investment company. And she works on the policy side yeah. in New York. And yeah, so that's where I'll be speaking. Obviously, you could always reach out to us on info at renewenergy.com on our website as well. You'll see our phone number as well. And, you know, feel free to reach out to us. But no, it seems like you, correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you seem to have a place on some kind of discussion on all of the major solar conferences, at least in this region. Yeah, so it's been pretty amazing. Yeah. I also actually spoke at SPI last yeah. year. I moderated a, a panel on corporate PPAs. In September, Solar Power International. It was actually in Anaheim, California. So yeah, definitely there's been a lot of you know speaking engagements. And there's some that we're actually working through in the pipeline. And I think that's great. You know, obviously the podcast has helped as well. Mm-hmm. So people could see, you know, potentially what they would get. And then just if they've had a good experience from speaking, from me speaking at an event, it seems like they'll ask you yeah. to do that again. So, so you build some momentum. You build some momentum. Obviously, if anyone's interested yeah. in having, you know, me speak at an event as well, you know, feel free to reach out to us at the, the info at renewenergy.com. And I think it's great from a perspective of education and visibility, right. and then people get to know you and it's easier to network after you're a speaker at an event versus just purely being a participant. So those who are interested, Benoit's fee is $30,000. <laughs> it's up to negotiation. $30,000. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Uh, I, I used to help clients get speaking engagement through speaking bureaus. And it's amazing that what a uh, good public speaker can command these days. Uh, Benoit, tell us a little bit about it. Have you always been comfortable public speaking and, and was that something you had to work on or was that something you always had interest in as from a young age or was it, did it come later in life? So I, I've never actually enjoyed speaking until later in life, but I've always actually spoke at different events. Mm-hmm. You know, I was part of student council. Uh, the debate team? I was not part of the debate okay. team, unfortunately. And then, uh, but I was, uh, yeah, and I've, I've had, you know, positions in different organizations, both within school and then after I graduated school. And then I was also part of Toastmasters, which oh, I don't you know go. if you're I knew familiar. Something. So yeah, yeah, Toastmasters was really great for me as far as like practicing yeah. public speaking. And well, one thing about Toastmasters, like I, I never did it myself. I wish I had, but there's a lot of accountability there. There's, there's, you know, you give speeches in front of your peers and there's a lot of good training there. So, uh, good to hear that you underwent that process, probably prepared you. It definitely prepared. And I think the more practice you have, the more feedback that you get to improve, I'm still working on improving. There's things that I notice that I'm not doing correctly or I could do a better job. I'm just trying to incorporate it. So yeah, if you haven't heard of Toastmasters, it's definitely like a great way if you want to improve your public speaking and it's all over pretty much the yeah. US and internationally they start off with 10 speeches and the first speech is really talking about yourself which is a lot easier to give a speech and then sometimes it's about a particular topic they count the ums and likes and you know they make sure that you're within a certain time because that's I think an important that part accountability as well. right accountability so it's great it's very transparent that where you could take it so yes 
That's great. So do you like being the speaker or do you like moderating more? Or do you just like kind of mix of things? I can't, it's a mix of things depending yeah. on wh- what it is. It's interesting. I've been moderating a lot of panels, mm-hmm. but also speaking as well. It just kind of depends being a panelist or even giving like a straight sort of speech. So it's kind of run all the gamut. Depends on the type of conference. I think people think because we have the podcast that like a moderator is a great role. Oh, so you, you've been getting more requests to be moderator, moderator. For being a podcast? Yeah, that's, that's which I thought is pretty interesting. Wow. So that's crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've come a long way. Thanks for staying with us. Yeah. And yeah, as Lee said, we're, I guess, at our 27, 28th episode. It's just kind of amazing. I was just talking to Lee about this like in September. You know, I was just on a podcast and to kind of see how far, and there's a team of people who've made this happen. And, you know, we're improving as time goes on. And we appreciate everyone's support and feedback. And we have some cool episodes actually coming up. Like we have a lot of cool guests coming up, but actually, um, my colleague Suzanne, who's also the co-host, Suzanne's the vice president of business development at Renew Energy. We're going to have an SREX 101 Solar Renewable Energy Credits podcast and the New Jersey market. And also we'll do one on the New York market. We're also having a lot of great guests coming up. So we'll definitely announce them soon. And obviously, if you're interested in being a guest, feel free to reach out to us. Yeah. And tell us why you should be speaking on the topic you want to speak about. And we'll consider people as guests. And one thing that we really want to do is keep hearing feedback from you on what types of guests, what kind of topics you want to cover. Speaking of Benoit, I always want to ask you, now that you've been doing podcasts, what are some podcasts that you like to listen to? Are there any particular that you recommend for our listeners? Sure. So I listen to a lot of podcasts, and that's actually what got me interested in using this medium as far as marketing, other than lead thinking you know, my voice and his voice and us being very talkative would be ideal. But I really actually like um, Jim Quick. Okay. It's called Quick Brain, Quick with the K, K-W-I-K. And Tom Bilyeu from Impact Theory, I find these two. Basically, Jim Quick talks about improving your brain functions. And it's very short and to the point. Yeah. And then Tom Bilyeu, just like, I kind of like these self-help things. And he has a lot of interesting guest on his show and uh i like the one he had with michael strahan who i'm biased obviously as a giants fan but he's had like uh just a lot of interesting guests jay shetty who's now i guess this big life yep. coach superwoman who actually follows me on instagram but and then it's like is an, <laughs> an instagram strange beast right? yeah so yeah. uh but she's actually going to be taking over for the late show for carson daly that's the first woman of Asian or Indian descent doing a late night show. But yeah, there's like a, a lot of amazing Tim Ferriss as well. How we built this, both of us like that. Yeah. Also, Lee's trying to be a, a sponsor on a podcast that I really like that he introduced. If you want to talk about Ben oh, yeah. Bergeron as well. So I, your, I and your podcast that you like to listen to. Sure. Um one of the biggest discoveries outside of the solar podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, the Solar Maverick. The, the best podcast in solar, obviously. <laughs> but one thing that I've been, you know, I've been w- awoken to, if that's the proper Awaken term. the Giant Awaken, Within you know, by Tony right? Robbins. Are yeah. you talking about just kidding? Sorry. I, I'm a big Tony. I'm a big Tony Robbins fan. I worked for a woman named Heidi Krupp. Shout out to Heidi, who was Tony Robbins's personal PR manager for many years, and uh, I've gotten firsthand 
insight into Tony Robbins. He's he's definitely still the the monster of coaching and self help, self improvement. Just because he's the OG doesn't mean his power is any you know, less. But Tony Robbins, shout out to Tony Robbins. So one thing I I've been taking a lot of care of is my personal health because you know Benoit too. If you don't know Benoit, he has what five gym memberships. <laughs> he diver- diversifies his investments and also his physical uh, health health regimen. I started doing CrossFit about over a year ago at a, at a great gym called Black House Strength and Fitness, and in Jersey City, in Jersey, in Jersey City, uh, Jason, the owner there, has taught me more about embracing my possibilities and not and not just talking about just exercise, right? Anyway, you can exercise, but what's really opened up my mind to is, you know, people who do CrossFit, and you can say what you want about CrossFit. There's good ones and bad ones out there, but people who are drawn to CrossFit are generally high achievers. And there's a coach named Ben Bergeron out of CrossFit New England. He trains the top CrossFit athletes. and But he has a podcast called Chasing Excellence, which kind of sums up the topics there. And he talks about not only training, but he just talks about great daily habits and pursuing your best. And, you know, I, I kind of joke that he's so nerdy about optimizing his life and making it efficient, but he's always kind of right, right? He's always offering great tips. So chasing excellence, Ben Bergeron, he gives great book recommendations. He want, you know, one thing he always talks about is, you know, putting the most important things first in the day. So you take care of things that are really going to move the needle. Benoit and I always talk about that. So really kind of filter out things that aren't really going to make a difference. The chatter and really focus on executing on the top level tasks that are going to change your life. So I think that that's one of my favorite. And I have to repeat Guy Raz, NPR's How I Built This. It's an amazing series. It's very inspirational. It's all about entrepreneurial stories. So some of my favorite episodes are about actually a company called Bonobos, a clothing company, and how they just started trying to find better fitting pants. And it turned out to be a big company eventually bought by Walmart. Jake Burton, the founder of Burton Snowboards, is featured on there. And his main story of how he's just created the sport of snowboarding. And one of the craziest episodes I never thought I'd, I'd like, and I always try to listen to or read or watch things that I don't think I'll be interested in, but was about the son of the guy who invented Alvin and the Chipmunks. And it's about how he revived his father's franchise. But it's it's a crazy story. I don't want to spoil anything, but... How I Built This, Guy Ross is the host on its NPR podcasters. It's really excellent. Yeah, definitely. And actually, um, Ben Bergeron has a book called Chasing Excellence. And I'm actually reading that right now, Leo. Oh, you're about ahead of me. 25% yeah. in so far. It's pretty good. It's yeah. really interesting for me. And it's like kind of all the things that we've talked about. I mean, obviously, these books have great recommendations and ideas, but the challenge is really to implement them. Yeah. I think that's the hardest part of it. And Really, it's not just having these ideas, but then actually putting it into your daily practice and making it a habit. And one book that Benoit and I always refer to, and it's one that I'm so thankful to Benoit for recommending, and it's one his father recommended to him at, what what age were you, 14? Maybe uh, 14 or 15 years old. pretty young, right? That's a young mind. So it's Dale Carnegie's, um, repeat the title, so I don't butcher it. Sure, so Dale Carnegie... um, the, the one that I really like is How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. Yeah. And that's one of his biggest books that he has yeah, out there. So this book, I would say, if you finish whatever you're reading now and pick this one up, because it's it's really all these practices on how to mitigate worry, eliminate worry, so you can start focusing your energy on 
doing things and the way it's written the the humble way it's written it's just anecdotes and stories of how people show gratitude and realize that no matter how bad you think your personal situation is there's always a way out there's always a solution there's always someone who may be less fortunate than you but you know really you're wasting your time and energy by worrying if you can't do anything about it and it sounds like such a simple principle but and i'm not doing it justice by describing it it's just one of those books that it's beautifully written and you know i was actually yeah it's timeless yeah but it really i i hate to be hyperbolic but it will change your life after reading it there's immediate applicable things you know focus on now right focus on what's going on right now where you are how you can affect change and stop worrying the way i'm describing is simplistic compared to the way he writes about it but it's a really great book yeah, I think it talks about gratitude. It's basically, you know, about positivity, looking at the glass half full instead of half empty. But the big thing that to translate that I feel like they have this actually in there, it's called the serenity prayer. Yeah. So like basically the serenity prayer is God grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Yeah, I mean, that's... That's it right there. Yeah, that pretty much really sums up the book. But yeah. it's great because they take a lot of great stories. But I think that this quote in prayer really kind of summarizes yeah. the... And one thing, you know, I, even as a former... I used to be a newspaper writer. So the way that people write, the best writing you don't even notice. And that's one thing. Some of these books that we talk about, some of these self-help motivational books, I just think that sometimes some people get kind of misled by the titles. But the way that it's executed and, and from a reading is it, just so much deeper than what the titles may suggest. It's not so simple, yet it is, right? But, and then it's back to what Benoit says. It's practicing it. It's one thing to read a few pages and then kind of let it fade. But like, stop yourself. You know, when you're sitting there and you're worrying about things that you can't do anything about, you, you can't even like do anything about it. You're just you're just stressing to thinking that it's going to alleviate something, but it's it's really just causing you physical harm by stressing yourself and it, it a lot it, it keeps you from executing on the things you want to execute so dale carnegie the way he writes many of his books from what i've read it, it he said treat it like a workbook right recount chapters reread chapters and test yourself have someone else hold you accountable to these behaviors and it's that part that matters definitely i yeah. mean that's huge putting it into practice and even little improvements over time become cumulative and compounding. I mean, it's amazing for me. Like when I first started the business, I started reading a lot. And now I'm seeing, you know, me implementing these small things. But over time, you start seeing these big gains that you have over time. And this just brings me back. And I'll end on this note because we're wrapping up on time. But, you know, even with this podcast, you know, we could have sat there and been worried about how people would think, whether we would operate the, the equipment, whether or not we'd be able to stick to recording this many episodes and hey if we were caught up in that worry we wouldn't even be here and we wouldn't even have this so you know if there's something you want what's the worst that can happen right someone might reject you but just go at it again and you know i don't want to sound like too hokey but i just want you guys all to set aside your fears i think that's the biggest thing it's like we are on this earth for a very short amount of time and maybe i'm getting emotional on a friday sitting here with Benoit, but <laughs> really it's it's let's let's do this yeah definitely i think that's a great way to close the podcast and yeah i mean it's been amazing i mean we literally from the create your life series airing the middle of september 
by Kevin to, Y. Brown. Kevin Y. Brown, and then to basically have our first episode release on November fifteenth. It was really, really busy, really, really hectic. Trust me, without like Lee as well pushing me to do this, it wouldn't have happened because you know. But we really just focused on getting something out there, and we felt like over time we'll get better at it and improve it. But yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, we still have a long way to go. We still and, have a long and way, and we we want to add more. We want to hear feedback and. I'm talking a lot today, but I'll leave it at that. Yeah, definitely. You're the co-host. Yeah. <laughs> so until next time, contact us at info at renewenergy.com. And how else can they reach you? Connect with Benoit on Instagram? I don't want people to really take it. We'll see on, about Instagram. Okay. I'm what, not sure. what are all the ways people can connect? <laughs> oh, with? So LinkedIn, you can uh, find LinkedIn, me. LinkedIn, all right. Benoit, that's safer. And then uh, on our website as well, you'll see our address or and phone number if you want to call out to us as well. I mean, I have to admit we're inundated with the amount of people reaching out to us, but it, it'll take us some time to get back Just to Just say you. you're a, a Solar Maverick listener. You'll get <laughs> priority upgrade. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes and Stitcher Radio and leave us a five-star review. That helps us build this community, and that's what we're all about right now, building this community as big as we can to deliver as much value as we can. Music